Welcome to On the Prowl. What's up, everyone? I'm Robert Roden. I'm Randy Johnson. Thanks for listening to us today. Today on this episode, we have Rob Fisher with us. He is the Memphis Grizzlies TV sideline reporter, and today he joins us on the show. Welcome to the show, Rob. What's up, hey, Rob? My pleasure, fellas. How are you doing? Pretty good. How about you? Doing well. Getting ready for basketball to get started. Man, I can't wait. Amen <laughs> on that one. <laughs> yeah, it, feel, it feels like it's been a long time. Even though we had the the games in the bubble, it just felt like that was so fast. And so it feels like uh, we haven't been there in a long time and looking forward to it. We're less than a month away now from getting started with this next season. December 22nd. Can't yep. wait. <laughs> it'll, it'll definitely be a fun season for the Grizzlies. Yeah, it will be. You know, I think uh, what we learned last year, last year was a lot of fun. And, you know, it's a new look Grizzlies with a, a young team, an athletic team, a team that gets up and down the floor. And it's kind of a, a new look for what we were used to here in Memphis. But the young talents, John Morant, Jaron Jackson, Brandon Clark, I mean, the future is very bright. And with all the moves that they've made all this offseason, I think uh, definitely looking forward to another exciting season with the Grizzlies, one to build on from last year for sure. Oh, yeah. We we even had a first-year coach in Taylor Jenkins who's like – so he's, he's very young too. So, I mean, we all have growth with this team, and that's so exciting for the future. No doubt. And I think, you know, that when you look at how this team's going to improve this year, I think the first thing you look at is – your coach is going to improve off of his first year, what he learned in his first year as a head coach in the NBA. I think John Morant for how amazing he was in his rookie year, the times that we saw him almost be unbelievable. Well, those times now in his second year, he'll turn those into making those plays. So to see what he's going to do in his second year and the improvement that he'll have, and you hope Jaron Jackson just keeps improving, you know, from year one to year two, now to year three, uh, his natural progression, you know, would be great. And yeah. I think uh, Brandon Clark's going to get better and DeAnthony Melton's going to get better. I mean, your core group of guys will get better. And that's the first place you look as far as uh, on what they did last year. Yeah, well, we'll have Tyus Jones coming back this year. He didn't really get to play a lot in the bubble. Justice will come back at some point. It'll be a fun, stacked, young team. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, hopefully Justice will be back soon, sooner rather rather than later, because, you know, he's a big potential piece of this team. And he's very young, too. We just don't know what he brings to the table yet because we haven't seen him on the floor. But hopefully he'll be back soon and we can see, you know, how big of a piece he's going to be with this team going forward. Because I think the expectation is he's a big piece. So hopefully that'll be the case with him. And he's still very young and um, you know, you mentioned Tyus Jones, and I think he was he was sorely missed in the bubble with his injury. And, you know, if he can come back healthy, which uh, is expected from him, uh, you know, you're really deep at the point guard position. And I think Tyus being out really affected DeAnthony Melton in the bubble. And, and he wasn't able to play his best because he was kind of out of his role. So I think Tyus being back does great things for DeAnthony Melton, too. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, for every team in the NBA, and I think for the Grizzlies uh, included, health is such a big part of success. And and hopefully the Grizzlies, uh, once Jaron gets back, once Justice gets back, hopefully uh, that'll be it as far as the serious injuries this season. Uh, I, I thought it was a good point that you brought up Justice because, for example, like this past year, I mean, a lot of people really didn't know about DeAnthony Milton, and then he came in and had such a big impact. So I think like the development aspect of the Grizzlies is really big. So I think Justice Winslow 
has the potential to be a really big piece for this team. And that could be means so much for the future. Yeah. And it's just a matter of, you know, finding out what, where he fits, you know, yeah. he was, he's, he's not, I don't think he's a guy. I think what we hope is he'd be a guy that could just come in shooting guard, but that's not really who he is. He's a guy who's really much, he's better when he's got the ball in his hands and can be a creator. I think that's cool if he's playing alongside John ja Morant, because then you can take Ja off the ball, get him a little bit of a rest and let him work in space, which he does very well. And justice can handle the ball really well. But, you know, I, I think if, if you're expecting justice to just be your knockdown shooting guard, who's going to knock down shots, that's not really who he is, but, but he's a guy that can create a, he can get rebounds as a guard. Uh, so he can do a lot of little things. And I think create is, is one of those things. And, uh, I'm just looking forward to see how he fits in because he seems like he would be a good fit in that role. And, and, and hopefully that'll be the case. We just, you know, <laughs> haven't seen it yet, unfortunately, but hopefully we will soon. Do you think the Grizzlies will be wanting to sign anyone in fans here? Do you think they'll just look at bringing their guys back? You know, this team, even though the roster is kind of full right now, this, this team has been creative on making moves. They've been very proactive on making moves and identifying that they can use to deal away and, and bring in pieces that can fit around the guys that they have. So it wouldn't shock me if they made moves. I guess I'd be a little surprised only because we're a week away from training camp starting and the season starting in, you know, less than a month. I guess it would surprise me a little bit if, if some sort of moves were made with free agents or, you know, maybe they fill their mid-level exception, which they have and bring in a free agent that way. But I guess I'd be surprised if there are trades made at this point. I think there still might be another player brought in for camp or another player signed to that mid-level. But other than that, I don't I, I don't know if there's really much room for them to make a lot of moves. But I, I think they're happy with what they're at. And this year is a – this you know, you hate to say when years are building years, but this is another building year. It's just about taking that next step. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think it's about contending for a championship this, this year, but I think it's contending better than you did a year ago and competing better and moving up in those standings and taking that next step to being where you go. And I think they've done a good job of at least putting the team in that position as of right now. Oh yeah. But specifically about you, Rob, uh, what first got you into reporting? Was there like any specific motivation behind it? Uh, when I was a kid, I grew up in St. Louis and two of the best broadcasters that were out there, Dan Kelly, who did hockey, Jack Buck, who did Cardinals baseball and did national baseball, national football and did everything. I grew up wanting to emulate them. I wanted to be a broadcaster from when I was a little kid. I wanted to play pro sports, but I realized that that wasn't going to be the path. <laughs> <laughs> About high school, I realized that probably wasn't going to happen, but I was lucky enough to be able to play college baseball, and I was unlucky that I was hurt, but it turned out to be a blessing because one of the local radio guys used to come out and work out with the team, and because I was hurt, I was the guy that got to play catch with him and work <laughs> out with him and just kind of hang out with him, and uh, I ended up getting an internship at the radio station in St. Louis when I was 19 years old, and it started from there, and uh, got hired and ended up doing some games and doing some shows. And then I went to Las Vegas and worked there for a couple of years on national radio and then back to St. Louis. And now I've been in Memphis for 18 years. And, you know, I, it's what I wanted to do as a kid. I was lucky to get in at a young age and um, just worked my tail off to do everything that I possibly could to get to where I'm at today. 
Uh, as I tell people all the time, it's it's a glamorous job. It's 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 like a lot of jobs. There are problems. There are bad days of work. There are times that you hate your management. I mean, it's like every other job that you have. But um, as I tell people all the time, it beats working for a living. You know, watching yeah. sports and talking about sports is is something I'm sure a, a lot of uh, a lot of young men dream about doing. A lot of young women dream about doing now. And you know, to be able to do it is uh, certainly a blessing and something I never take for granted. Oh yeah, I love listening to you report with the boys. So thanks. Well, yeah, we had Pete on our show last week, so that was a great episode to have, and it's also great to have you on as well. Yeah, man. And, and you know, with Pete and Brevin and I all back again this year, it'll be our eleventh year together. We uh we have fun, and you know, it's a it's a good mix of guys and and guys that get along, and you know, we're we're friends and during the basketball season, we're family, you know, cause we're around each other more than we are normally around our family when we are traveling, which I guess oh, won't yeah. be the case at least to start this season. But um, yeah, we're, we're, we're all looking forward to getting back at it and having fun and trying to, uh, you know, make Grizzlies fans excited about the team and, and uh, just uh, enjoy watching and get a perspective on the team that we hopefully can bring every night. Oh yeah. During the, the games in the bubble, everyone looks so sad, especially Pete and Brevin. Yeah, it was hard. It was it was hard being away from the guys too. And you know, traveling such a big part of the job because that's when you get to know the guys pretty well. And that's when you're on the bus with them and you're at the arena early with them and talk to them. So not being able to travel really hurts. And uh, you know, it's unfortunate, but that's just kind of where we are today in society that um, you know, hopefully it won't be like this for long, but uh, at least that's how it's going to start off the season. So we'll miss those guys when we're on the road, and it'll be sad not being there, but at least we'll get to be doing games and watching games. Well, your daughter had uh, Twitter and Facebook. She did, like, this little sport interview from you. Like, did you inspire her to do that? I like to think that I inspired her to do it. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, it, was, it was funny. We were doing some outdoor sports activities, and I would interview her, and, uh, you know, she'd do that, and she she enjoyed doing that. And then she uh, decided that when my son started doing a little sport activity that she wanted to be the broadcaster. And uh, she was like, I want to do a show. I want to do a show. So the first person I called was Brevin Knight because her and Brevin have a great relationship. And she was like, yeah, I'll talk to Brevin. I'll talk to Brevin. And so she did that. And she had so much fun with it that we, uh, we did it. And, you know, during COVID and the quarantine and all those months and her not being at school, it was something that she got to look forward to and something that really interested her. And, and it was really cool to have a lot of friends that were, that came on and, and came on with her and, you know, coach Jenkins came on with her, Marcus all came on with her. And that was really cool for him to take time out to do that for her. And Neil Ivy came on, she was great. And it was, uh, it was fun. It was fun, but then school started up again. So we really haven't had time to do it, but she keeps asking all the time. She's like, when are we going to interviews again? I was like, all right, let's wait till we got some time. And when we got some time, we'll get back to it. Maybe next summer will be season two of uh, Keegan sports. Yeah, that's, that's really good. Speaking of inspiration, what's the inspiration behind all the fits, man? Like, I, I have to know. It's it's really awesome. I, I love it. The shoes, the sh the suits, everything. All the drip. What what what's going on with it? Well, I need to know. It started. Uh, I guess when Lionel Hollins was the coach of the team, when he first took over the team, we were in Milwaukee. And we were really bad. I mean, it was a bad season, and we were playing Milwaukee, and they were really bad. I mean, it was a game that it's like a Tuesday night in Milwaukee where it's freezing. <laughs> 
that nobody's going to even watch. I mean, it's just one of those miserable days. And me and Eric Hasseltine, the radio voice of the team, we were walking down the street and we saw this men's clothing store. And inside the window was this blue, baby blue jacket that looked like the Grizzlies uniforms. And I was like, I need to get that jacket. That would be that would be great. I'll, I'll wear that tonight. Just spice things up a little bit. And I walked in, I grabbed the jacket. And as I were walking to the counter, I saw matching shoes. And I thought, well, if we're going to do it, let's just go all out. Let's get to <laughs> So we got the shoes and I showed up at the arena and the reaction that I got from everyone in the building was very comical. Um, the reaction I got from Marco Yarich, who was on the team at the time, who was a fashion guy himself, was very comical. But regardless of what you thought of it, you looked, you noticed, and, and you took, you you gave an eye to it. And uh, it was it was just kind of funny. And from there, it kind of became my thing that just getting shoes. And, you know, a lot of people always say, oh, Craig Sager, Craig Sager. Well, Craig was, Craig was all over. I mean, oh, yeah. suits and the, the pocket square and the tie and the shoes, he was head to toe. Mine's mainly the shoes. Occasionally I'll throw in a popping jacket or a popping tie, but uh, it's mainly the shoes. And it's, it's amazing after all these years, how it's kind of become my thing from when I go on the road to have security guards come up to me and talk to me and remember me and ask me what I'm wearing or <laughs> oppos opposing players or opposing broadcasters or even fans. And um, just, just it's, it's noticed, it's kind of become my thing. And uh, it, it's been, it's been fun. Cause I never thought it would really take off. It just did it on a whim one night and just kind of became the thing. And it's uh it's stuck ever since. So I, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy being a little flashy or peacocking if you will. <laughs> We love it. So, I mean, and you got to keep up with these young players today, man. <laughs> so, how did you and Pete and Brevin and even like Eric Hasselstein, how did y'all meet? Um, well, with Pete, it was, uh, you know, when I joined the broadcast, uh, and I knew Pete because I was working in radio before I joined the Grizzlies. I was doing all sports radio in town. And so I knew everybody, um, just didn't know him well, you know, just kind of knew him from afar. But, you know, Pete got there, I guess, a couple of years before I did. And, um, so I knew him really well and Brevin, I remembered from when he played, but, um, you know, when Brevin came in, it was such a seamless transition. He's such a good dude that, you know, it, we just fit well together right from the get go. And, you know, Eric Castleton, I knew him from his radio days. We worked at the same station and, um, then working with the team together, we became really close and kind of you know, we're the same age. So when we're on the road, we hang out together a lot and go out to eat a lot and go out and have some drinks a lot. So, um, you know, we've become really close, but we, we've just been really lucky because you hear stories from other broadcast teams around the country that maybe the guys don't get along or maybe egos get in the way, but it's never been a problem with us. We always get along. We work hard together. We work hard for each other. And uh, we expect the best out of each other. And, uh, you know, we try to bring that every night. And so uh, our friendship is goes well beyond basketball, goes into the off season. My wife's doing some housework for Brevin and his family right now, like help building things in their house. And, you know, Pete and his wife, they come over for dinner. We'll go to their house for dinner. So we, we still keep in contact and hang out in the off season. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's built a great relationship and, uh, none of us could really imagine going forward without the others being there. I haven't watched the other 29 teams broadcast groups, but I can already say that our camaraderie is second to none. I mean, just watching you guys just 
puts a smile on my face, everybody. So yeah, and it, it's fun for us when we hear feedback. You know, obviously, like yourself, you know, most of our feedback are from Grizzlies fans, and yeah. and they're watching. So if the team's doing well, we're great. If the team sucks, maybe they don't like us as much. <laughs> but it, but it's always great to hear people from around the country who like NBA scouts who have to watch games, and they tell us, you know, that we're one of the few that they keep the volume up when the game's on because they feel like they get something from us during the game. And that's always great to hear and to hear from other broadcasters who are watching other games around the league to, to hear them compliment us is great. And there was a ranking put out last year that we were, I think, three uh, of broad broadcast teams and all of the league. And it was a national ranking. And that was, that was really cool to hear. And they had great things to say about uh, each of us individually. So um, yeah, we, you know, we, like I said, we, we try, we get along so well, and that, that's the most important thing. But, you know, after that, it's, um, we, we just try to have fun and we try to entertain number one, inform number two, um, because we want the people watching to have as much fun as we are. And that's always important to us. And I think we do a pretty good job. Well, what are your thoughts on the Grizzlies New Jersey they've revealed? I think they're awesome. I, I think the Grizzlies have done a great job of Oh, yeah. Every detail in the uniform. I think they've done it every year, you know, going back to the MLK uniforms that they had that had the wreath and they had the the writing and the Lorraine Motel fence fencing that was on their shorts. I mean, those were so detailed and so well done. Uh, the wrestling ones they did were so detailed, so well done. And then this one, I think already a lot of people saying it's their favorite jersey the Grizzlies have ever had. And they are spectacular and they're so detailed and well done. And I think what makes the Grizzlies alternate jerseys, their city edition jerseys, you know, very unique is that they are so unique to Memphis. Oh, yeah. and, and they really, you know, they tell a story of, about things in Memphis and Memphis heritage. And, and I think that's, that's really cool that, you know, maybe people on the outside, they, they might know what it's about and kind of get an idea about it, but I think we really know it and we really feel it and we, we love them. Um, I love them. I, I, I don't know if they're my, my favorite, but after I see them worn in a game, they might become my favorite. If they're not my favorite, they're number two. I still liked those MLK ones, the black ones with the teal. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought those were so sharp and I think they'd still look great today. Um, but I can't wait to see these on the floor. These, these, these might turn out to be my favorite. I love them. I love the Isaac Hay jersey, and I also love the teal jerseys from last year. Yeah, the teal ones last year were really cool. You know, those were awesome when they came out, and then all of a sudden everybody was wearing teal or purple, and, <laughs> and everybody just it kind of became nobody wanted to do that anymore, and, and it went away for a long time. But then when you're playing video games, you those jerseys. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad they came back. They looked great. The black ones this year that say Memphis across the front. Uh, from when the team first moved here, those will look great. And um, yeah, man, we we got some great alternate jerseys, uh, as good as anybody in the league. So I'd like to know what the the nation thinks about it. But uh, I, I certainly think our our uniforms would be up there, even our just our regular uniforms. I think the navy, the white, the baby blue, they all look really sharp. And then the city edition ones have, have looked great as well uh, the last few years. I, I don't think the Grizzlies have really struck out on a uniform since they wore the Tams, the green and yellow ones. But the jerseys were really cool. I just didn't like the jersey short combination. I thought the jerseys looked cool, but the green shorts didn't look cool. Um, but other than that, I think they, they've knocked it out of the park with every alternate jersey they've had since they started. You've heard it from the fashion king himself, Rob Fisher. So, <laughs> so yes. 
But since we're speaking on new additions to the Grizzlies, how do you feel about the new rookies that have come in for this team? I, I, honestly, I don't know a lot about them, but everybody that I've talked to, the smart people that do know about them, <laughs> um, they tell me what a great draft it was for the Grizzlies. And so I'll take their word on it. Obviously, you know, now they got to come into the NBA and play and perform, you know, and, yeah. and who knows? I mean, it's, it's obviously very difficult to do. But I like the idea that the Grizzlies moved up in the draft. They targeted a, targeted a guy and got him. Then they targeted another. And they got them. So they got who they want. And I think with what this organization has done in the last few years under this new regime, every move they've made has been a calculated move that has worked out. So I'll trust in them. I'll trust that it was a good oh, trip. Yeah. I'll trust that the free agents that they've signed to two-way deals and that they've brought in, I'll trust that those are good moves. I, I think the thing that I really like about these guys, despite not knowing much about them, is that they both, you know, what's been told to me is they both know how to play basketball. They can play. You know, it's not about having upside. It's not about having potential. It's that they can play, which is great because I think you got two guys, at least from what I hear, you have two guys that could come in and can be in your rotation right away. And I think when you're picking late first round or early second round, that's what you want. You just want to find guys that can be part of your team and can be in your rotation. And they got upperclassmen who can play, who can play college ball and who will be able to just step in and play. And I think they'll have some contributors out of this draft class, which is which is really what you want. I think last year, Brandon Clark, that was the steal yeah. of the draft. So, I mean. I mean, look at the, the, you know, Brandon Clark was a steal, a guy that they targeted and moved up and got. Exactly. Um, the, you know, be, before that, Dylan Brooks, you know, was a second round guy that is now a starter for your team. You know, you just want to get guys, you know, throw age throw out what year they are in school just get guys that can play ball and i think the grizzlies did a good job of that shout out to king climbing there you yeah. go <laughs> <laughs> yeah no doubt i mean i i i think like i said i think it's amazing the trust that i have in them after such a short period of time it oh, yeah. is great and and i think it's just a you know it's it's what they've done and they've 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 performed. Every move they've made seems to be a positive for this organization since they've taken over. So I'll, I'll trust in them. You know, they're going to have bumps along the way. Everybody does. Sometimes you just get unlucky. Um, but until they get unlucky, I'll have faith in what they've done. Well, Rob, now we have a fish nugget for you. All right. <laughs> What's your favorite Thanksgiving meal? Oof, um, <laughs> we've been planning our meal today, so it's fresh in my mind. Uh, obviously the turkey. I mean, I love the turkey and, and so many different ways people prepare turkey. I love turkey regardless of how it's prepared. So I'm looking forward to the turkey always. But sides, my mom makes a mean broccoli rice cheese casserole that is fantastic. I love that. She also makes a hash brown casserole that is to die for. Um, so those, those are the things that I love loading up on. I only eat dressing once a year. And it's at Thanksgiving. You know, <laughs> I'll load up on that as well. Um, but yeah, man, just everything. I it, it sucks because I I can't. I've never been able to find a plate big enough to hold all the food that I want to eat. So, and, but then I'll fill up the biggest plate I can find, and then I'll eat it all, and I'll want so much more. But then I'm full <laughs> that I can't eat so much more. So I'm a big leftover guy at Thanksgiving. That's what I look forward to the most. My Thanksgiving meal on Friday and my Thanksgiving meal on Saturday. The leftovers <laughs> from Thanksgiving. <laughs> there you have it. 
Well, Rob, we really appreciate having you on this episode with us. It's been a great episode, and it's been a pleasure getting to talk to you. Yeah, man, anytime, guys. I appreciate what you do, and thanks for having me on. I'm Robert Oden. I'm Remy Johnson. Love you guys. Peace. Don't forget to join us next time on The Prowl. With the boys, yeah, we swoop, yeah, we swoop, and we got them high clocks, and we'll shoot, and we'll shoot with the Mercedes Benz in the coupe, in the coupe, and this shit's so f***ing hard, it's on loop, it's on loop.